Madison Cawthorn's definition of a woman. X chromosomes, no tallywhacker. And this gives me a chance to talk about biological essentialism. <laughs> um, first of all, it's not true. People have all kinds of chromosomes and all kinds of bodies. Women who've had hysterectomies, people born with certain conditions. But that's almost immaterial. Number two, it is a system of oppression. Gender is a hierarchy and a system of oppression. And the easier it is to define gender, the easier it is to keep the oppression going. It's dangerous. Who is some kind of a trans, non-binary, gender, neutral, God knows what they identify as, uh, talking about the whole gender issue. And that's what we've been talking about a little bit with the Disney and DeSantis. And uh, now we speak with uh, Speaker Tim Jones, of course, who you hear every afternoon, along with Chris Arps, uh, from 3.30 to 6 here on News Talk STL. And, of course, you hear him across the state at uh, in the mornings at uh, KWTO in Springfield as well. He's all over the airwaves. And uh, Tim... Tim, you emceed a beautiful event the other night, the Defense of Liberty event. And uh, for those who couldn't make it, hoping that you could reprise this. Did this whole issue of uh, transgender and indoctrination of our children, that wouldn't have come up at all, would it, Tim? Welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> thanks for weighing in. Randy, that, Randy, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, that crowd of nearly 800 freedom and liberty loving Missourians, uh, we were they, they they were all awake, but they were definitely not woke. That's what's going on the other night. That's for sure. Yeah, they've they've woken up, uh, Randy. So many people to the fact that the far far left wing progressive agenda is um, is not what America needs, wants, or should ever desire. Uh, tell us a little bit about the event. Uh, Donald Trump and Seth Dillon and um, big, big deal, huh? I mean, 800 people, uh, what a huge turnout. And that's really remarkable, too, realizing that because of the uh, credit card canceling scheme that uh, Paul Kurtman has, you know, had to had to endure over the fall. And then, uh, you know, because of weather, we had a cancellation. People still turned out. That tells you the momentum in the conservative movement. Really gratifying, wasn't it? Yeah, boy, Randy, they tried hard to cancel us, and uh, they they tried hard, and uh, the good Lord tested us with a little weather event in February, and despite all that, I guess it was like, okay, let's see who's actually going to show up the third time this event is rescheduled into a beautiful Thursday evening in April. Will anybody come? Well, Randy, we had the uh, News Talk STL uh, live remote broadcast studio, courtesy of Joey V, all set up there, and we were broadcasting live from just outside the uh, the main venue, and the people did show up. And it was so wonderful, Randy, first of all. It was so uh, wonderful, Randy, first of all, to see everyone uh, without any kind of face diapers wrapped around themselves, right? Everybody was, everybody was glad-handing and laughing and hugging and just happy to see one another. Uh, no masks, no restrictions. Uh, so it felt um, – Randy, it was weird. You know, in, in the back of your mind – you're thinking, oh, is there something we should be doing here? And it's like, well, no, wait a minute. We're, we're largely through the pandemic, right, where it's largely an endemic state. And if you're healthy and you're able-bodied and you're all well, there's no reason you shouldn't come to something. But in, on the forefront, it was like, this is like almost normal. And it's weird that we have to think that way. But this was the first event, Randy, of this kind where it was so large and so exciting and so exuberant that – for a brief period of time, you almost forgot about every about the, the 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 pain and the horror and the suffering in many different ways that our country has been through over the last few years. It was it was a return 
to the old normal, Randy. The left didn't want that. They they wanted a, some kind of weird new normal that they would construct, that we would have to figure out what they wanted us to live in. This was like the old normal. And uh, we had an excellent lineup of guests uh, kicked off by Cecilia Johnson from the RNC. You know, she's from right here in Missouri originally. She, I, I believe she was born and raised in the South and then lived in Kansas City, Missouri for quite a while, discovered that as an African-American female, you know who she identified with, Randy? She identified with the Republican Party is what she found I'll out be she identified wow. as. Yeah. Wow. What, and, what, uh, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of a woke experience is that? That's the, that's the kind of woke we need, isn't it? <laughs> it is. She was, she was so funny, Randy. She clarified during her, her opening remarks. She was, like our, she was like our kickoff keynoter, and she clarified that she, number one, uh, understood that uh, she was a woman, and she would know how to explain that if anybody had any problems with that. Uh, she she said that uh, she is definitely not a racist, uh, and she was definitely at the event uh, not because it was she, she was like this is not a hate group. You know all the things that everybody said about us. You know, and she communicated class. her womanhood and how to define that with Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Yet I wonder if she'd had a chance to have a conversation. I'm sure they're working on that. But anyway, she uh, she was very funny. Uh, she was very informative. And she talked about her journey and her life uh, from being, you know, a, a young, uh, a young black girl raised in the South, uh, you know, taught to taught to think and vote one particular way, just because that's what we always did. Right. And then she said she was in a she was in a, a supermarket checkout aisle once and she stumbled upon some article in some magazine where this uh, young uh, African American fellow was talking about, you know, why, uh, why, why, as a Black American, he was a Republican, and she said she read the whole thing, and she said it kept her up all that night, and she was like, well, maybe I'm a Republican too, because I think like that as well, and she, it was she talked about how that was a discovery she made on her own, on her own by doing her own research, you know, something the left doesn't want us to do. They, as you talked about in your earlier segment there, your previous segment, they want to be the indoctrination machine for everything. For everything from 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 kindergarten through the grave, and uh, so that was wonderful to hear Cecilia Johnson uh, tell that story. Uh, then we moved through the lineup. Uh, we had uh, uh, State Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick, who told the whole story about you know how he had to get involved after you know Paul's uh, initial event was canceled by J.P. Morgan Chase's credit card processor because uh, some. Uh, unidentified little leftist activist in some cubicle somewhere decided that Paul Kurtman and uh, this event was uh, promoting hate speech and, and was a hate group. Uh, and J.P. Morgan Chase ended up apologizing to Paul Kurtman because that's not what the event ever was. You know, we had Candace Owens uh, the la- at the last event. So um, the state treasurer talked about the importance of, uh, of, of patriot activism, you know, how you've got all this activism going on in, in corporate America, another issue you discussed with Virginia in the last segment, and that Americans are going to have to start voting with their wallets and their pocketbooks, you know, that, you know, we don't need to be issuing calls for boycotts or anything like that. But how about just issuing calls to make good decisions as Americans right. when we decide what we're going to do, where we're going to put our shareholder dollars, you know, where, where we're going to shop, what we're going to watch. And you see that, Randy, uh, uh, panning out. I mean, look at the week uh, the left has had here. CNN Plus has gone belly up after barely starting five minutes ago. Netflix down, you know, 35 percent. Disney down 40 percent. America has woken up to the fact that, you know, we're not going to let these tiny, tiny fractional uh, minorities uh, govern our country. No, we're not going to abuse them. No, we're not going to exclude them. They can have all the rights and freedoms we have 
It's just we don't have to be subjected to their indoctrination agenda. You're so you're so right about that. What were some of the themes that uh, that uh, your uh, your Donald Trump and um, uh, Seth Dillon spoke about? I'm I'm curious. Were they uh, did they cover a gambit of subjects, or were they focusing on one or two? Oh no, it was wide ranging. So you know, after uh, after the state treasurer spoke, we had two of our favorite folks that are frequent contributors to our station, the Missouri State Senators. Uh, Bob Onder and and Bill Igel told us uh, what was going on at the state level, and then oh, Donald man. Trump Jr. took the stage. It was, uh, you know, he's he's touring the country as, as as a surrogate, you know, for for his father and for the America First agenda. And so, you know, when you're when you're the party not in power, the job of the surrogate, Randy, is to point out uh, all of the reasons why we should never have put the other party in power. And so he covered the gamut of, you know, pointing out and highlighting. Uh, what has gone wrong in the last year and a half and how sudden it's been. I think that was what I I really took away from from his address was, you know, things haven't just changed. They've changed extremely quickly, and they've changed extremely quickly for the worst. You know, they haven't just gotten a little worse. They've gotten a lot worse. People are, Mm -hmm. are suffering now needlessly, needlessly from the decisions of an administration that has gone hog wild, left wing lunatic, right, Randy? We didn't need to. We didn't need to shut down a pipeline that was nearly finished and about to employ fifty thousand Americans and assist us. What, what? What if we had known then what we know now? You know, what if? What if we? What if Joe Biden? What if somebody had been able to tell him, "Hey, there's going to be this war in Eastern Europe and gas prices are going to skyrocket around." Are you, do you still want to shut this thing down? I wonder if he would have made a different decision. You know, he would have been attacked by the enviro left, but I wonder if he would have made a different decision. So, Randy, decisions, elections have consequences. That was one bad decision. How about spending trillions and trillions of dollars? Donald Trump Jr. went through all that to remind people that we are where we are right now with hyperinflation and uh, supermarket shelves not nearly as fully stocked as they used to be, having to wait for weeks or months for parts for things to come in or if you're able to get them at all uh you know shortages in the automotive industry in the used car and uh the uh the new car market you know you know good luck randy we're waiting we're waiting for a part for uh in our household we're waiting for a part for um a stove uh because it has the part has a microchip in it we've been waiting over three months for this part and so randy it's affecting real americans so he talked about that he talked about the disastrous withdrawal from afghanistan which has largely led to us being in a position of weak leadership as we're dealing with this Ukrainian issue. Donald Trump Jr. said, you know, usually a commander-in-chief, when you enter into a wartime scenario like we're experiencing with Russia and Ukraine, the commander-in-chief gets a bump from that, right? Joe Biden continues to falter with that and everything else. It's like nothing the guy touches, talks about, or tries to do results in any positivity. I think, think, Randy, you and I on on the center-right side of the political world, we're sitting here going – Surely, you know, they're going to pull this up. Surely they're going to look at the polls. Surely they're going to look at the message. Surely they're going to do something differently. No, Randy, they just keep doubling and tripling down on stupid. Well, you and I have talked about that uh, on, on your show. Uh, and, and the only conclusion I can come to is that once you enter cult territory, uh, mm-hmm. you, you become blinded. You just your eyes are glazed over. You don't see the, the, the forest, much less the trees. You don't see anything except your agenda. And they keep doubling down and keep just uh, the sword keeps, you know, <laughs> keeps digging deeper as they fall onto it, you know, because of their ideal, their ideal ideology. And um, 
I, I just struggle with that. What is your synthesis and what were was there any thought between, uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. and maybe Seth Dillon at, at the B? Did anyone have a theory? What's your theory on why they keep doubling down? I cannot figure it out, Tim. Uh, Randy, I think from uh, from what I took from. Uh, and, and and they did touch on on that subject. And it, Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee, by the way, fantastic. I mean, such an extremely dry wit. I mean, he had the place. This he was the last speaker. Donald Trump Jr.'s schedule required him to, you know, be on a little earlier in the night. And then, uh, Seth Dillon was was the dessert, and it was a magnificent dessert indeed. And for people, hopefully. Uh, most people did stay, but it was getting a little late in the evening. But, uh, boy, you, you, if you left, you missed something fantastic because he's so brilliant. And, uh, you know, they just they talked about, Randy, that they, they, um, they overplayed their hand, right? They thought in their minds, they thought the reaction to Donald Trump and his Twitter feed and his personality by some Americans uh, was, 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 was so severe that they could just do whatever they wanted. Well, they misplayed that hand because, you know, there were some in this country who didn't like Donald Trump's, you know, bombast and personality. I personally think that I enjoyed it because he, he needed Donald Trump needed to fight back as he did with the media and the deep state because they've gotten so powerful and so arrogant and so elitist that only somebody like Donald Trump was going to be able to take them on. Uh, but, you know, once 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 the veneer of that was uh, was all gone. Uh, now we see leftist policy run wild. And I, I guess they thought in their minds that they had a mandate that didn't exist because, you know, it's one thing, Randy, isn't it, to have the the age old debate between Republicans and Democrats about, OK, how much money should we spend in the budget this year? Republicans want to spend less. Democrats want to spend more. You know, do, do we need a bigger government or a smaller government? You know, do we. You know, what, what do we do, you know, uh, around, around the globe? You know, do we get involved in, 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 in things or, or do we not? Uh, what do we do with our social welfare and entitlement programs? Do we reform them or do we just dump more money into them? You know, the, the, you know so, Randy, instead of having those debates, the left now wants the ability to indoctrinate children into some kind of weird gender reeducation camps in kindergarten through third grade. I mean, What? When when was that subject ever brought up by anybody in the 2020 election cycle or in the debates? And it wasn't. And so I guess, Randy, they 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 have this feeling that, well, we know that our agenda is insane. And so we know that once we start unveiling it, we're never going to be in power again, or at least not for a long time. So we're just going to go for broke. Right. We're going to we're going to we're going to do as much as we can. We're going to try to get as much as we can into the consciousness of America and worse yet into the fabric of the the the, uh, the legal and judicial system because we know we're going to be ushered out stage left after this. So I guess that's what it is. And it's almost like this yeah. it's this nihilistic Kafkaesque kind of attitude at this yeah. point. It's almost like a it's almost like an evil Knievel kind of a mindset, right? I'm just going to jump right. over the Snake River and I don't have enough power and I know it, but I'm going to go out, you know, the way I came in. The way I'm going to go with what brought me to the dance. I was able to just muster enough of a coalition of radical progressives to get elected and um, you know, like you say, I don't care if it flames out, I'm going to go down with my ideology. I, I guess that's it. Well, Tim, it sounds like a fabulous event. I wish I could have been there. I was unable to, but thanks for reprising this and uh, uh boy, it must have been a real pleasure. 
pleasure for uh, for them to interact with the great audience and all of you and the great staff at News Talk STL. I'm sure that it was a fabulous one, and I'm, I imagine Paul's already planning the next one, huh? That's he my is. guess. He's, he's, he's yeah. planning Defense of Liberty 10. I want to say that Donald Trump Jr. and his team and Seth Dillon were so gracious with their time. Uh, they spoke with so many of our guests. They took pictures with everybody who wanted to fight. I mean, they were really wonderful people. And, you know, Randy, just to wrap this all up, the last thing I'd say about, you know, I, I, I think what the left has done here is they've lost, Randy, they're losing with all of their original constituencies, right? Hispanics are turning away. African-Americans are turning away. Young people are turning away. And so, Randy, everyone's now seen this agenda in all its, in all its, its, its full frontal horror. And so they have to get a new activist, activist leftist class. And so they're going after the kids. And, boy, that's where the parents in this country have stood up. And so that crowd the other night, shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee, 800 people filling the ballroom that we were in. We couldn't have put another row of seats in there if we wanted to. That that one event is emblematic of what's going on across this country. And I think we're going to see that reflected in August and November this year. Yep. I don't think it's I think we're looking at a wave at a tsunami, not a wave. Tim Jones, can't wait to connect with you along the rest of the listeners on News Talk STL. Come three thirty Monday afternoon. Can't come soon enough, Absolutely. man. Can't wait to Absolutely. hear you then. Thanks for joining Thanks me, for my friend. Me. All right. Thank you, sir. Always there he is, Tim job. Jones. Thanks for having me. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for being with us. We'll step aside and ask uh, your thoughts about this coming election season. I'm I'm curious. Do you think that the that uh, the Republicans, the conservatives, the libertarian, you know, the 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 right of center are counting chickens before the eggs have even been laid? I mean, are we is is it too much hubris? Is there too much swagger? I'm interested in your opinion because I think that uh, you know you're hearing more saber rattling from the Dems about erasing student debt, uh, about you know the fragmentation of the Build Back Better budget Biden budget busting bill, and um, I'm just wondering if if there's any way that the Democrats can you know you know I mean hey I, I put nothing past Schumer and Pelosi uh, if it weren't for Mansion and and Cinema. You know, we'd already be there with this plan. And can they fragment it enough? Can they dilute it enough? Can they veil it enough? Can they conceal enough of the sinister uh, and 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 economy destroying elements of it um, to uh, to make it pass? To, to to make it taste sweet enough, and to perhaps get some of those purple state Democrat candidates elected and uh, dilute what should be an, a resounding thump to the Democrat left. 314-912-1019. That's my number. Give me a buzz. On News Talk STL 1019-941. Scott Yanor coming up at 845. Don't miss it. Back to the program, 828. Let's talk to John, who called earlier, but is uh, calling back again. Thank you for uh, your patience there, John. Thanks for joining us. What's on your mind? Well, hey, uh, your earlier segment, I guess, it ended at 8 o'clock. Uh, the person pushing, you know, basically the Santis ruling or... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pushing back punishment on on the anti woke uh, law. Because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess you could call it that. I'd just call it. Uh, so here's a business who disagrees with, with with something out there, makes a public statement, and so now they're going to be punished or try to be punished. Now, personally, I kind of agree with Max. I believe the pushback is going to be on Santis when when uh, those utilities that currently are paid for by Disney have to be absorbed by the public, which will be in property taxes, and it'll probably be between twenty-five to thirty-five percent more than what they're currently paying. 
and that's a large county. There's two counties involved. So I'm thinking, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how quickly that will transfer to personal property taxes if it all goes through. But if it does, and it's before DeSantis is up for re-election, he's not going to be re-elected. I mean, this is this is a backfire on DeSantis, and he, this is what I call the conservative double standard standard, where as long as you agree with conservative policies, no punishment, but if you disagree with it, we're coming after you. And they're perfectly, the Republicans are perfectly okay when businesses agree with their policy. Let's call the Koch brothers, or back when the Obamacare started, and there was a whole lot of organization against Obamacare really pushed by corporate uh, corporate sponsors. And since Citizens United ruling, which kind of gave, basically gave, uh, lack of a better term, uh, free speech to businesses, again, the Republicans are okay if, they, uh, if businesses agree with them, but they want to punish them if they disagree with their policies. And I think this is just going to be... Uh, you know, it looks good on paper and talking points, but when it comes down to brass tacks, yeah. DeSantis won't even be reelected. And I, no, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, I, there there no, may there may be I some. Mean, do you there may be with some. Any of my points there. Well, no, I think. Uh, look, I think your points are well taken. On the other hand, would you disagree with me that when it comes to a oligopoly in the social media sphere? that have special protections with Section 230 nationally and are are truly acting like publishers and censoring what will be and what won't be in their in their content. Uh, the, 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 the Democrat controlled Congress and, uh, you know, is not uh, is now very, very resistant to reining in the special protections they have. At the same time, as long as they're canceling conservative voices, there's no enforcement of antitrust laws. There's no because there are truly monopolies of of now the free speech in the public square, because that's where uh, largely that's replaced Ma Bell now. Right. I I disagree with you there, because uh, those are publicly held companies. If you disagree with them. Either don't use them, don't use Twitter. I mean, look at Trump's failed social media project. That it, you well, but what about antitrust laws? Wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Well, okay. wait Ma Bell was broken up, John. Ma Bell was and, broken and up the 80s, because they right? had a monopoly 1980s. on a dominant communication stream. And for good reason. We have those laws in place to prevent... Um, you know, abuse of a monopoly or an oligopoly, okay? When there's just two or three players. That's what's going on in the healthcare sphere. And both Republicans and Democrats, we can probably agree on this, have, in, in like in Obamacare, there was a collusory uh, event there where they guaranteed a larger market by the way of you must have insurance mandate for the, for the big, you know, uh, uh, insurance companies, which are making out like bandits in return for the insurance companies waiving, uh, you know, underwriting standards, right? But, and pre-existing but, conditions. Uh, pre- I, yeah. How's this? If you and I would probably agree if you would have called it something that uh, a lot of, a lot of my conservative friends are against Obamacare, but boy, they sure like the pieces and parts about pre-existing conditions and covering your kids up to 26. So if you'd call it a different name, they're all for it. Um, well, and, and the monopoly, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree, but you can't have it both ways. Well, you you can't have well, the government playing favorites with green, inefficient, and frankly, um, often uh, corrupt 
green energy companies, and I know about that. Listen, our hospital got in, in bed with one of these, uh, you know, solar companies that's going to, you know, m- m- reverse. It. You can put your solar power into the into the grid and you can save money. That was a bunch of hoo-ha. And, and that is strictly government getting in bed with business. And, you know, then these businesses, on the other hand, will, you know, feed back. So, I, look, I think there's there's strange bedfellows that exist both with Democrats and Republicans. And in this case, as Virginia pointed out in Florida, when Disney, it's one thing to state what you're going to do and what you're going to say and what your stance is. It's another thing then to enter the political realm and start lobbying and advocating for an LGBT agenda. Right. That's that's a different story. If that's something you want now in the public sphere. Now, the politicians and the legislature do have something to say. Citizens United gave that right to corporations. Democrats were against it. Republicans were for it. Now the chickens have come back to roost and you get to deal with it. I personally, I think corporations need to be out of the the political sector all around. Democrats were all for that or the Obamas were all for that. Now it's happening and now you disagree with it. I mean, you're perfect. Uh, the conservatives were perfectly they they love the approach of, you know, uh, a business owner not providing service to a gay couple wanting a cake in Colorado. Rallied around that. You're right. You know, hey, and, and it's a well, that's a bit bu- that's a, a business choice. And that's fine. If if Disney if Disney wants to, you know, cater to a per, to a certain, you know, uh, construct, that's fine. But when they get involved in the political realm and go out of their lane for which they were given, look, there was a defined goods and services that they were going to deliver in return for the accommodation of an autonomous district. They've now changed the definition of, you know, what got them under the wire for that. Right. So I think that I think the rules have changed. Anyway, I got to run. But thanks for the call. It's always fun to talk with you, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Like to uh, I I think you need more. more discussions like this and, and tell Max, I think he's doing a good job of hanging there. You know, he's smart. Guy. Oh, Max he's is awesome. No, well. Max is, uh, and, and Max and I, uh, you know, mostly agree, but we sometimes disagree and that's what it's all about. I don't think anyone has a hundred percent. I even agree with you in some cases, John, I think you and I can probably both agree. It's not right when either side gets into bed with business, uh, and politics, right? I mean, I, I would prefer if none of that, I, I would have preferred if no one would have given Disney a special accommodation in the first place. I I just don't think it's it, it doesn't smell right to me. And from caller John, think, nope. thank you, John, for calling nope. in. We have also we have caller Joe that we can go to. Oh, Joe, go ahead, man. What's on your mind, buddy? Good morning, doctor. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I just Thanks wanted to calling. answer your give you an answer real quick about your question before the break about should we rest yeah. on our haunches with a uh, right. with a landslide victory this fall? I say no. Too much swagger um, can be a dangerous thing. We don't want well, too much I, swagger. Right. And I've come to learn that, you know, never underestimate the stupidity of voters. Um, It it really comes down to and and this can be said on both sides to a certain degree. But I think in particularly with the Democratic Party, they go with party over principle. And, And you see that no matter how bad something gets, they will band together and they will stick with each other and they will support each other regardless of what the other per- what somebody does or what somebody says and it all comes down to party over principle the republicans don't do that for at, at you know 
as as a as a rule as a majority. I mean, there are fringe people that will Republican no matter what, Republican no matter what. But for the most part, most Republicans and conservatives that I know are more independent thinkers. Me personally, I am not. I don't consider myself a Republican. I'm a conservative. I vote on three issues: babies, bullets, and bucks, as in finance. I don't care if you got a D or an R beside your name. If you uh, are against abortion, you support the Second Amendment, yeah. and you have make good financial sense. You have a good shot at getting my vote. But for the most part, it's party over principle with the Democratic Party, and that's why I, I think getting too arrogant for this upcoming election is a dangerous road to go down because you lose, you take your eye off the ball, and they're going to throw a strike right past you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're right, and um, it's it's a comment well taken. And you're right. I think we have to increasingly differentiate conservatism from republic. Uh, you know, big R republicanism. I'm a small R Republican, and um, you know the Republicans need to earn my vote. Uh, you know, this fall, but they, they won't have to go too far compared to a if if you're talking about a lesser of two evils comparison, right? And I think that's the mistake oh, I, a lot of people made in 2020. Oh, I agree. I agree. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that, you know, do I do I like Donald Trump? Yes and no. Did I like his personality? No, I couldn't stand it. I really couldn't. And his tweets and whatnot, I really think sometimes a lot of his tweets, he was up at four o'clock in the morning. He'd nudge Melania and say, hey, watch what happens when I send this out. But (laughs) but but his I, I did not like his his demeanor especially the way he demeaned people a lot however there there's you'll be, i'd be hard pressed besides braces uh braces from uh the, the outlaw of of uh, uh bump stocks yeah i would be hard pressed to find a policy that i disagreed with with him yep I agree. So I agree. You see what I'm saying? You know, if yeah, I, no, I, I get it. I, get it. I, I think he was a little person. liberal with the perpetuation of the entitlement programs. That was the only other beef I had with him. But, I think, I, hey, I, I appreciate so your too. call, though, Joe. It's really, really right, great. Wait to. Hey, you'll want to listen to the next segment. Uh, anyone who wants to uh, maybe get back to a feeling of what true north is in terms of the culture in America and boys and girls and families and women and men. And you may not agree with everything, but you'll find Scott, you professor of political science at Boise state, really, really interesting and fascinating. And uh, we'll be talking about that anti-feminist Scott, you coming up more on the Tober show. Stay there. As occasionally happens, uh, we're not able to reach our guests. So maybe, uh, maybe it's different in Idaho time. Is that mountain time? So what no, it's, I, you know what? Us? I believe that he set it up from Chicago. So we're both central time. Oh, yeah, okay. so I've emailed him, I've called him, and we'll just see if we can. Uh, this was this was a long time coming to him. Having shades of the Babylon Bee in my head. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we ought to. We we've got that sound from the screed of people that. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's like two minutes. It's definitely worth playing if you want. It's two minutes. Yeah, you want to play? Let's play that. This is uh, a. So I I caught this last December. Uh, Scott Yanor is a is a political science professor at Boise State, and he wrote a book called The Recovery of Family Life, um, and. Uh, and then he had some pushback. It was basically about he was an anti, he's an anti-feminist, right? And he he just is, is a very pro-traditional family and uh, you know gender roles, if you will. And uh, there's no bones or uh, about it. And um, 
He said legislatures can and should determine whether some academic disciplines are so inherently partisan, ideological, and unprofessional that they do not deserve public support and do not belong in the modern university. And you see, he's he's very, very uh, outspoken about this, which I'm thankful to see. Here's, uh, here's some of the pushback, though, that he got on his Twitter feed. Wow. Scott, I just saw your speech, and it's really good to know somebody with a Ph.D. is so uneducated, ignorant, and a fool. Good luck to you, idiot. Hi, this message is for Scott. I'm actually from Chicago. I'm an attorney. I'm incredibly successful. I assume you're not married because you're so putrid, but if you are, oh, I can't believe people like you would be allowed to procreate. Oh, anyway, enjoy your loser life. <laughs> hey, my daughter goes to your school, and guess what? I'm going to make sure your is fired. I hope you are beaten. I hope you are beaten with sticks like the gangs of women. Yeah, those uppity feminists in India. They pick up sticks and they attack their rapists and they kill them. I hope someone does that to you. That's not a threat. That's just a hope. Either you get fired or we're all taking our kids out of this stupid little hick school. God, what a faggot you are. What a faggot you are. Hey, Scott, I just want to tell you that uh, my daughter was thinking of going there next year, and you can count that <laughs> out. No wonder your football feels purple. <laughs> my roommates and I are just, you have unearned privilege. You are a pampered little poodly man who who can't not <laughs> on little baby diapers. You have unearned privilege, buddy. You only got where you got because you're a white dude, and you're uncomfortable with knowing that. And I hope you get fired. <laughs> hey, Scott, since you want everything to be masculine and feminine and go back to those things, I'm wondering when we can arrange a consensual fight so I can f*** up. Come to Portland, Oregon, dog. Let's do it. You know, let's be men about it. <laughs> so uh, that's a little fun. But you know what? It's this this woke culture that doesn't tolerate extremely traditional Judeo-Christian defined, you know, gender and family roles. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, okay, let's call them fringe. A, a, a guy that says, you know, it's it's better if women stay home with the kids and dads out slaying the woolly mammoth and providing for the family. And okay, that's his opinion. Uh, and for much of human history, it, it worked. Okay, well, all the times are different now. But why is it that there's this kind of a vile pushback against what they consider, and it may in fact be de facto a fringe, a, a very minority viewpoint these days, objectively? Um, what's the vile pushback? These are the same people that would say that, you know, people pushing against LGBTQ being taught to third graders is not right. And they would say, well, what are you talking about? That's absolutely acceptable. These people deserve to have a voice. It's, it's funny. As long as you speak the speak that the left wants you to speak, they'll tolerate it. Otherwise, no, you're putrid, you're vile, you're a maggot. What? Oh, my God. There was a lot of maggot talk That was unintelligible, Max. I I had to edit that within an inch of its life because he posted the unedited stuff on Twitter, and it was great. Got our our attention, and hopefully we'll have him on the show soon. But, uh, yeah, I had to make sure that I – I left in the the, the maggots, though, but uh, there was a lot to take out. Well, I hope we can get in touch with him. We've been trying to get him on the air for for a few months now. It's been a while, yeah. 
If if he has traditional values, one of them would be to, you know, make your commitments. <laughs> and now that Seth now that Seth Dillon has twice stood us up, and now that the event's over, I, I will say we've been a little disappointed because, you know, we've tried to get him on last week before the event, and you know, I love the Babylon V. I, I hope that there's a legitimate reason, but um a warning to everyone out there. This is a warning. If you get too much swagger, you generally will take a fall. Or you will at some point, when you screw up, set yourself up for ridicule and dishonoring. You know, right? I love the ladies over at IWF, and we have them on frequently. I would say probably yes. every other week. And the entire staff is wonderful. Megan, their PR person, is yep. the best. And yep. I just wanted to give a shout out that we appreciate, you know, the yep. Gabriella Hoffmans, the uh, Angela yep. Plowheads, Virginia Crudas, the Tim Jones, all of our regular guests that come on here and the not so regular guests, because it's a wonderful thing to take time out of your day and to broadcast here on New South STL. And then you have your Seth Dillons and your Scott Eners. So, you know, that right. and we don't want to de- be petty about it. We don't want to be thin skinned, <laughs> but I, I do want to honor those. I mean, when I reach out to IWF, when I reach out to... Um, Corrine Williams at Heritage. I mean, I can ask for a same-day guest, and I get one. And and it's always really a pleasure to work with people. And I think that's that's always been the hallmark of conservatism, has been, as best we can, trying to live out those values of commitment, of integrity, of performance, of excellence. Now, we all fall short of the glory of, of God. Course, we of do. Course. But when we do, most of us in the conservative camp will, instead of having hubris about it, will fall all over ourselves apologizing and, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I really blew it. Now, the values that you're talking about, are those the values espoused by Jesse Waters? Oh, absolutely. And here's an example of that. Why don't you play one? I think um, my, my wife celebrates watching his show every day. Not I was trying to get listen. Emma to date me. Yeah. Uh, first thing I did, I uh, let the air out of her tires. <laughs> She couldn't go anywhere. She needed a lift. I said, hey, you need a lift? She copped right does in the car. Does she know this story? No, she doesn't know this story. <laughs> does she now watch the show? Does. The Jesse, Jesse Jr. does. Show? You're basically the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> it has a happy ending. Really? Yes, oh, we're married. Oh, did you really do that? Is that the know? first time you did it, or did you use that before? Uh, it works like a charm. Now, there's so much wow. so wrong with that bike wow. from the five the other night. And if you were to see it, maybe we ought to put that on the show page, uh, Max. I think I'll I, can you do that and yeah. get on the show page and do that. Um, if you if you look at I mean, um, Judge Janine uh, Gutfeld, their their uh, nonverbal was uh, should have been of concern to Jesse Waters. They were repulsed by that. Here he is on national TV describing how he initiated the affair while he was married to a woman, to his wife at that time, who who had twins. They had young twins. And then he has an affair. They report it to Fox out of the ethics and integrity, I guess, policies. If you're having a consensual affair with someone. OK, they reported that his wife files for divorce in 2017. Um, and then he marries the producer. You know what Fox had done when they were reported as doing that, Max? They, he, she was a producer on his show. It was like Catholic priest syndrome. They moved her to the Ingram show. Wow. So, so they moved her from Studio A to Studio C, whatever. I mean, really? And that's fine. I mean, people, adults can do what they want to do, I, I guess, in, in a legal sense. But for crying out loud. And you know what? I think that was on Monday or Tuesday he said that. I, I think I saw him on the air Monday or Tuesday. I could be wrong. I haven't seen him 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. As, as when I was aware of this, I didn't. He's had there's been subs on the show. It could have been there were subs Monday, Tuesday, and he's just out for the week. I don't know. I haven't seen anything that they've suspended him. But what a sophomoric thing to do, mm-hmm. and and how creepy. I mean, I I can't imagine a a middle schooler who just got their license. No, do you get your license when you're in middle school? No, I guess you're a junior freshman when you get your yeah, license. You're old. I can't imagine anyone doing that. So he. He wants to take her home, so he lets the air out of her tires, and he's married while this is going on. I'm well. My wife never. When my wife found out that he divorced his wife, who'd had two children. I mean, my wife's a very traditionally oriented woman. Yes, she has a career and she works uh, mostly from home. Uh, well, always from home now, but um, uh, traditionally oriented. And she just. I mean, she won't watch Jesse Waters, and I've lost respect for him. The fact that. I never did have a lot, but it's like, I'm Waters, and this is my creepy world. Well, thank God we do have a compass, and we call him Jesus Christ and the God of the universe. May faith, family, and freedom guide you as you go forward, folks, and remember who's in charge. Keep your eyes upward. We'll see you next week on The Randy Tobler Show. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born. With a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. Let